1: Hey good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a special guest on today. Can't wait to introduce you guys. Stay with us. Hey, good morning. And today I have a um, special guest on that. This guy has, he's written a book. He's a, he's a life coach. He's, he's definitely broken through some walls in life. So um, I'm going to let him tell his story. Let me welcome my buddy, Scott McMillan to the show. Scott, welcome.
2: Hey, hi Ken. How you doing, buddy?
1: Good man, or is it Jay Scott McMillan?
2: Uh, I, I Jay Scott is sort of my author name, my pen name, Uh, but I just go by Scott. Love that man,
1: love that. I need I need to come up with one of those, an author name.
2: Yeah, it's cool. You can see, yeah, that's my pen name.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of people call me K Dubs. Maybe I'll go by K Dubs.
2: K Dubs, <laughs> K Dubs. Yeah, I like it.
1: So, so you're joining us from the Kansas city area this That's morning. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit before the show, it sounds like you've been through some ups and downs, but I, I've, you know, I created this show about two and a half years ago, um, interviewed over 250 celebrities and entrepreneurs and, and, and Man, it's been an incredible journey, and and you know, it's really I created this to help people get unstuck in life because we all get there.
2: (laughs) You do, yeah, Yeah. one way or the other. Whether you think you're gonna or not, you get there.
1: Look, it it already stuck. Jose Garza is gonna gonna make it stick. That's good. So so why don't we start, Scott? Why don't we start with where you were born and raised?
2: Yeah, I was born and raised in the beautiful state of Montana and up in the northwest area called Kalispell. And, oh, gosh, there's my cat. I forgot my cat's locked in here. One second. (laughs) We got to get rid of the cat. Oh, my God. He was (laughs) hiding in the corner. That's hilarious. Okay, funny. Uh, So, yeah, born and raised in Montana and uh, beautiful state. Loved it, although I didn't appreciate the mountains like I should have, of course, you know, living there and um, took me to to move away. But I, I graduated from University of Montana there and got in my car so I graduated and drove to the East Coast and said, I'm starting life because I wanted to see the big city and uh, really started my, my career out there. I, I ended up, I graduated with a degree in psychology, but I really wanted to get into business. And I got out and found a job in the telecom industry. Back in the early early 90s and uh, thought well this is a good place uh, and they trained me and i became an engineer so go figure
0: um, so
1: what but you went so you grew up in like your entire like school years all that was in montana
2: yeah it was one of those you know idyllic sort of mayberry you know little little streets there grew up in the yeah. same that my dad grew up in and was able to walk to school walk to high school it was uh it was Really great place to go. Did you
1: have to walk through six feet of snow?
2: I did. I walked uphill barefoot, six feet of snow. Uh, yeah, now it was a lot, of, a lot of snow for
1: sure. I, I, think that for those of you who've not been to Montana, because I, I went, I went through. I remember going through Montana, and it's called Big Sky Country, and there's a reason for it. Um, it is. <laughs> That's the reason. Like you can literally see Mars. Like you can see everything from there. At
2: every star every at night because there's not a lot of, you know, lights. You can see every star. It's
1: it's, it's unbelievable. And I was driving through Montana on my way to Seattle and it was nighttime. And I remember there's speed limit signs I think that are 85 maybe or 80, 85.
2: Yeah. And one of those in at a period, I can't remember when it was. They had no speed limit. I
0: like, know. And I,
1: I, I, yeah. <laughs> I heard that. And this has been almost 20 years ago. And, and I was, I was driving and I, I remember thinking, I know there's a speed limit sign of 85 or whatever it was, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to push it and do a hundred. So I'm doing a hundred miles an hour. Flying through Montana because you have to. It's freaking massive. Otherwise, it'll take you six days. That's and, right. And, and so, so I remember I I'm I'm I come around this curve and there's a cop sitting in one of those turnarounds and I'm doing a, a little over hundred miles an hour and he didn't care. Yeah, he did he not did. care. He did not come after me. I was like, well, I love this state.
2: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I luckily never. I would have. Freaked even at a hundred, but it's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. A big it's,
1: state. It, it's a huge state, and and it's a um, it's spread out. Like uh, from what I saw, like I you know when you're out in the middle of nowhere, Montana, there's like a house every ten miles you might see, and and it's like wow, this is like there is nobody up here.
2: Yeah, so when we played our high school sports, we had to play all the other high schools in the whole state. And so we would literally drive, you know, a day to get to the other side of the state and we'd play two or three games there and we'd stay overnight. And It was a blast in high school. Yeah. But in the middle of the winter, I played basketball. I can remember, you know, driving in the middle of winter and these terrible storms and our little bus would, you know, cruise on over there. And, but it was, because in Montana, you don't worry about ice and snow. You just drive on top of it. It's all good.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of it. But anyway, so it's a beautiful state. What was it like for you as a kid, um, I, you had your mom and dad there, right? Um, right. And uh, what was it like? Did you face any challenges as a kid? Because I, I generally find that there's something that 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 drives us from childhood into what we become as adults. Was there a driving force? Something that comes to mind when you when when I say that?
2: Well, it's a really interesting story because I lived what I consider this sort of idyllic. Childhood life, growing up in in a, in a great area, uh, just kind of like Mayberry, but you know, big enough where you know we weren't isolated from anything. And I really had no issues, and and so really, I write in my book that that this was this is sometimes a problem for some people. It was for me is that I had no adversity, and really, my story wow. starts when I hit forty, because I had had all this unmanaged stress and just building and building and i had no idea you know that i was doing it and all of a sudden my body just gave out at 40. i had severe pain severe back pain that almost crippled me and i had nothing to prepare me for any sort of adversity in life because i just cruised through life just just breezed through it and really um you know, sometimes that happens to us, and I and I I write in the book that sometimes I always feel guilty about you know telling my story because people have some really you know hardships as they're growing up. Yeah, and it really does drive them to become who that who they are. And yeah. so my story is a little different, but it doesn't really matter. We're all gonna we're all gonna have our ruts and in our ups and downs, and and the universe is yep. gonna come get us at some point and wake us up. And so yep. really, at age forty is when the universe woke me up, knocked me on my ass and said, wake up, buddy. Uh, there's more to life than kind of what you've been seeing out there.
1: So, so you, what, and your degree from college was
2: engineering? Psychology. psychology, psychology,
1: psychology. Okay. And that makes sense that you would head to Washington DC.
2: <laughs> and that's the funniest thing. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I thought, Oh, I'm going to go into politics. And it was funny because I was interning the Senator from Montana there. And, um, uh, all, we would I would go out to lunch with all these different staffers and stuff, and it was pretty cool walking around on Capitol Hill and going to the Senate buildings and thinking uh, I was all of that. But I realized that I didn't belong there at all. I mean, at lunch, people would talk, you know, the other interns would talk about, well, you know, so-and-so's voting record was this, that, and their thing. I'm like, no, I really don't care about any of that. <laughs> and so I got out of there, but I stayed in there, and I got into telecom, and uh, that's okay. where I kind of became an engineer, and my love of learning but I do feel like I've come full circle now as a life coach to kind of come back to my psychology degree, because I've really always been a, a self-help junkie and love reading about how the human brain and how we how we're motivated.
1: Yeah, I love that, man. So you you went to um, and and the whole how long were you in the D.C. area?
2: Ten years, uh, okay. ten years Explored everything, but I, 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 got into my career basically there. met my family, got married, started a family there. Okay. And then I ended up moving to Kansas city about 12, well, no, about 25 years ago. Yeah.
1: Wow. So, um, and in, in Kansas city, were you still in the telecom? Yeah. Yeah. I was still in the
2: telecom. They had a uh, movie down working for a big telecom, uh, firm here in, um, Kansas City area. And uh, they moved me here and it was great. I, but that's about the time, like just after we moved here and and career got kind of heavy and I'm trying to raise a family and all this stuff and all this unmanaged stress just kind of took my life over. And, you know, some people have breakdowns, some people have, you know, uh, depression, whatever. My body took the brunt of, of it and it was, it just sort of broke down. And, you know, I had to learn to, to now thank my body for waking me up. But at the time it was not fun. I didn't know what was going on. And the doctors couldn't really find anything wrong with me. So that was the strange thing. Uh, but that's also what became clear to me. This was just unmanaged stress. This was being in a rut, just literally, physically, mentally, emotionally everywhere.
1: Wow. So, and that was at 40, you were still working for that and you're in Overland Park. I think I know the company.
2: Yeah. I mean, they've been through a few names now. They, I don't Oh, know they it. have?
1: Yeah. Okay. I was going to guess Sprint.
2: (laughs) That's T-Mobile. So,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. So, so, um, were you, were you at work? Were you working there when, when this whole collapse happened with you?
2: Yeah, it was fascinating because, uh, when there, there's a huge Sprint campus here in Overland park and, it's uh, but before, when i first got here they, they didn't have the campus and they worked all over the buildings all over this, the the city yeah. and uh, when they were consolidating into the campus they actually didn't have enough room for all the employees which is funny because now it's like half empty and it's huge but wow. uh, they were looking for people to telecommute and work from home and i and my job as a trainer i was a training developer and at that time it qualified so i thought oh that's cool i'll work at home And I did it and I loved it because it was great. My kids were kind of young and and they were in sports and I could be there with them. And then this all hit. So it was a blessing and a curse because the blessing, of course, I could work in my sort of, uh, you know, corrupted situation with my stomach and my back. I could actually still work because I was working at home. But what it did is it sort of allowed me to kind of wallow in that for longer than I probably should have because I could kind of get away with it. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I got laid off in 08 and I had a sweet deal. Cause I came from engineering. I went into training. So I was probably making more than my manager was at the time wow. and working from home, you know, benefits. Oh my God. What I would give for benefits now. Uh, but, uh, so I just hung in there and, and Sprint was going through a lot of layoffs at the time from about 2000 on. And, yeah. uh, I hung in there, hung in there every, every year. Then it finally got laid off and I was just like, okay, well this, this was good. You know, you're sad for, you know, five minutes, you get that call and you're like, okay, well now what? But I knew that that was my push. And that yeah. really was sort of the, the push that got me to really restart my whole life. and
1: So, so, but I mean, it, it had to have been more than five minutes.
2: <laughs> right. Eight, eight minutes. I'll tell you, it was fun. You know, you go to these, I if, 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 you know, a lot of people have been laid off in their life, you know, it's sort of yeah. a reality. Corporation, yeah. especially and, in oh eight oh nine, yeah, 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 and and so they send you to these career development uh, centers or whatever, where they teach you how to write a resume and and out do interviews, and and so they're like, okay, you got to do this many interviews, and you got to you know talk to this many people, and and this is how you go out and get your next job, and I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm going to do that, but I'd always had this dream to be an entrepreneur, right? And, and so in the very corner of the booklet, very little says, well, if you want to start your own business, go over here. And so I looked at that and thought, yeah, I want to start my own business. You know, And I had a, a whole year of severance pay because I'd been working there for 16 years. And so I thought, okay. And so I took that path and they were able to uh, help me write a business plan and start my business. And so i i Oh, I've been a amateur photographer my whole life. And I thought, okay, I can go be a professional photographer. That's easy. I'll just hang my shingle on the door and people come flocking to me. Well, that didn't really happen. <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit harder than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I think though, that it can be exciting when you reframe it, when you frame it in the, the right way. Um, a, a buddy of mine, he's a client of mine, called me the other day and said um, and I've been I we built we build websites done it for 26 years and 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 I've been on him like dude you need your own personal website you need to start your own deal because he's been working for this company well during this whole shutdown he's like he 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 his furlough became permanent and and he said um, well it looks like I'm going to have to start my own deal now. And, and, and I'm like, congratulations, dude. And he, he feels that way too. Like he feels like, okay, I've been putting this out for a while and now it's time. Right. So I I think that it can be exciting it, but some people, Scott, some people get into the mindset of poor me, look at what happened to me. I've lost my job. I I don't know what to do. I want to do that, but my gosh, that's a huge risk. And and what about benefits and and all that, right? So so I, I, you know, I used to tell people when I hired them that that work for me. Like, hey, the benefits package here is you have the benefit of working for me.
0: <laughs> you get all my knowledge
2: and wisdom and good vibes. And yeah, I mean, the benefit is is yeah, you're free to do what you want to do. Probably yeah. work you know, some of the hours you want to work, you've, you've yeah. got uh, op- options and uh, it, so it really is a catch 22. And I found that, yeah. that after being, I, I really, you know, after I graduated from college, I had been working in corporations, you know, the whole time and entrepreneurship is so different. And it took me, I, I kind of laugh and joke, it took me about six years to kind of get the corporate stink off, you know, just kind of like how to figure this out and not just, you know, you're going to get a paycheck every day and the, the benefits are going to come. And so, uh, you just have to have a completely different mindset. Yeah. You, 08 for me was, was a great time to start a business, right? I didn't know any better. I didn't know it was a downtime. So I'm right. starting a business and, you know, I had to build my client case and whatever. And, and it was, it was exciting. Uh, it, and, and I just put my head down and, and dove into it. And, and uh, it was a really exciting time. And, and I, right. I did photography, yeah. it Was portrait photography. Okay. And so I was taking pictures of, you know, families and little kids and high school seniors and, and it was fun and I was learning the craft, but it was it was overwhelming. I had to learn, you know, I, I knew my way around a camera for sure, but taking professional portraits is a, you, you need some, some skill and some lighting stuff, which I really enjoyed as an engineer. I dove into that, but you also need to know how to make everybody happy and comfortable and smile and, and, and that was fun. But I'd been working with, you know, corporate, you know, stiff white shirt collared you know, guys for a long time. And so working with families was a little bit different. Yeah, and so about two years into it, I realized that this was going to take another good five years to really break through, and that I'd had my share of crying babies and dogs and everybody trying to get them to smile at the same time. And I thought, let me pivot into to video because at the time, uh, all of our digital cameras came with video and really right. high quality. And so I started to pivot into doing video for small businesses, and and then that kind of pivoted into social media and 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 so on. Wow that's pretty cool. So you, you, <clears throat> but you didn't know video. So I didn't know video and that was an interesting thing, but I knew photography very well. And I yeah. and that really helped me because uh, I knew my way around the camera, but in those early days, the digital cameras that we had for, for still photography um, they were rudimentary with video. They didn't make it easy at all. I mean, you had to work extra hard to get the video yeah. to, to kind of be I mean the quality was good because you had that really high sensor right. but it, it took a, it took a lot to get quality video mm-hmm. um, but that rigor helped me become really proficient at the whole sort of production side of it. Um, and so even today I kind of call myself an uh, amateur documentary filmmaker because I love to do that kind of stuff um, love to tell stories love to use the a video and, and music to kind of capture that story.
1: Love that, man. I love that. I love I, I'm with you, man. I, I I love video. I've been doing video for a long, long time. i I was started doing I started doing video stuff before YouTube came out. So I've been doing yeah. it a long time, and I, I I think that people are missing the boat if they're not using video for their business, that is. So so you you started doing this photography, the video stuff. you started doing all of this and and um, ha, I mean how did that the vid, how, when you moved into that how did it go how did it start
2: going for you well this is it's interesting transition because I had I had to work through that sort of getting away from the corporate mentality yeah and and about into the third or fourth year and I was just barely making it you know and and, and I actually stupidly I, I thought well I'm gonna go Pour money and get this great studio, and I had all the lights and the backdrops and everything. And and of course, I couldn't really pay for the overhead. But um, in that first year, I was just so gung ho. I went after it. And but I saw so I still had that for for the video as I pivoted into video. But again, it was just struggling to to really make it. And I couldn't really figure out why because I really had all the advantages. I had everything, uh, every reason to be successful, and I was just not quite getting there. And it really that's the transition into where I am now as a life coach, because I was entering into this stuck period and it started in my 40s when my body gave out. And it was sort of that's when I realized. uh, In fact, I tell the story in the book that after about a year of this chronic pain, I just one day I was in the shower and I heard this voice in my head that said, you're not living your life right. This is no way to live life. And I'm like, you know. Well, okay. What does that mean? That was the start of me, like, okay, some, something's. I'm not doing something right here. I'm not living life. Something. I'm doing something wrong because I had to quit looking outside and yeah. blaming everybody else and look inside and say, look, it, it must be me. That was the the stretch of a long stretch of trying to figure out what this was, but it it's led me to where I am now as a life coach and and to get through those stuck periods. But um, back to that to the answer to that question. So it, it was it was fun. I was learning, which is my love. zone. I love to learn, but yeah. I wasn't successful like I I, I knew I could be. And part of that was was this rut I hadn't kind cleared some stuff. So as I started, I journaled a lot, and I looked into like why you know why am I not? And I go to therapy and different things, and it really was I started to unearth some of this childhood stuff. You know, we talked about at the beginning that they're yeah. usually beginning some stuff and and some stuff that that I had to go back to that and find out what were some of these limiting beliefs that I created when I was really young that have carried into my adulthood and really are sabotaging me. They were they were sabotaging me and I I find that a lot of people have that but you just push through it you don't really know and if you don't have a propensity to kind of stop slow down look within and even look backwards which That's not taught to us. That's not our culture to stop smelling roses and go back and look at this. Um, And so that's what I did. And and as I was writing this journaling, this book kind of formulated. And I found a guy named Joseph Campbell who created The Hero's Journey. And we'll we'll talk about that uh, in a minute here. But uh, that's when the book came out. And I realized there's probably a lot of people that have had ups and downs, had good careers at times, good marriages, good families, everything, but have hit a rut. And they're stuck and they don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And at this, by this time I had gotten divorced. I had the health problem kind of got better after I got divorced. I started a new business, kind of started a whole new life and slowly, you know, physically and mentally I was healing, um, yeah. but yeah. still stuck in the business. The business wasn't connecting and as successful as I knew it could be. And so this was part of that. And as I realized that I, was healing myself. And then this book came out that it could probably help some other people. So I went and got certified as an NLP life coach and started working with people on this kind of, how to get unstuck. And right. so that now is- I really found my, sort of found my juicy purpose. And so now I pop out of bed and I can't wait to get to work. And that was really the key to why I wasn't successful before, was that the video and, and the photography were fun, but they really weren't my passion. And right. I had a feeling what was that passion.
1: NLP is really cool. I, I'm uh, in a in a group with a guy named Joe Soto. I don't know if you've heard of Joe or not, but um, mm-hmm. he's a master NLP certified um, trainer or teacher or whatever. Um, Wyatt Woodsmall is one of the, found not founders, but he worked directly under... Um, I forget who, but he taught Tony Robbins NLP, Wyatt Woodsmall, and I'm in a group with Wyatt and Joe Soto, and learning a lot more. I've studied NLP for years myself, and I I, I find it unbelievably fascinating. And and I think that people really need to learn a little bit more about about that and, and the impact that it can have in their lives in a positive way. So yeah,
2: I agree. It's one yeah. of those. One of those areas that, you know, you got some bad press for a while, like people were going to manipulate you with these, you know, NLP techniques and so on. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really the bad rap because is really, when it comes to it, it was, it was, it's understanding human behavior and yeah. just when you're communicating how best, how do other people communicate? Cause everybody communicates different and to understand that. So you can work with people because you understand how they communicate, how they're motivated and you can ask better questions.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So you became certified and you said that was,
2: how long ago, a couple years ago? Yeah, about two and a half
1: years ago. Wow, um, and, and then you moved into life coaching. So you went from photography and, well, hold it. You went from telecom engineering <laughs> into photography, video, and then life coaching. Right. Makes perfect sense.
2: Perfectly, perfectly. <laughs>
1: So what was the, was there a, a catalyst that kind of made you go, I, I, I need to get into life coaching?
2: Yeah, the catalyst was, was writing the book. I actually wrote a book. Uh, uh, my first book was in internet marketing. I had been a corporate trainer for a long time and then I had done internet marketing with the video and so on. And it was, uh, it was called monetize your message and it was how to take, um, how to create an online course and then sell it on the internet which okay. a lot of people are doing. Uh, I didn't really, put it. it was more of a calling card, uh, but it's still out there on, on Amazon. But that would give me a taste of, of writing. And then so as I was, but I didn't really think too much of it. And as I was journaling a lot to kind of heal and understand what was going on, why wasn't I successful and so on, uh, this book sort of formulated and it took on its life. And then I said, okay, this is gonna be a book. And, and at that point when I was finishing the book, it was clear that I wanted to take this message out. And I thought, well, I've got a psychology degree. Maybe I'll go back and get my master's and, and go into therapy. But I really didn't want to go down that route necessarily. I wanted to help people that were more like me, sort of yeah. uh, didn't really need therapy, but they needed help. They needed a coach to help them get to that next level, get a new perspective. And then I found life coaching and thought, oh, this is perfect. And then so I, when I dove into it, uh, and you know, it's a big, big deal now, but even two and a half years ago, uh, I was just sort of starting uh to get big and um but it's a wonderful field because it 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 can you can it can be in lots of different modalities and 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 different areas and and i've struggled a little bit in the early days trying to figure out because i have all this business background should i do business coaching but for me it's really about the mindset and about the mental game and and so i i talk a lot about really having to go back and kind of unearth some of these limiting beliefs and you know we don't go into psychotherapy but I have a, a technique that I use that I wrote in the book using the hero's journey to go back and to understand really what was going on in your life. And where were you when you were sort of in this hero's journey yeah. and there's 12 stages in the hero's journey. And so I actually take people through all 12 stages and say, where were you in stage one in your life? And we talk about that and where were you in stage two? And we move through that. And as we do, we really understand what was going on, what created some of those limiting beliefs. And then the second part is now that we know what those are let's figure out how to turn those around make those into positive powerful uh, beliefs and then I, I then i really go into a lot of meditation and visualization work and um, that whole energy side is, is now becoming more and more important to me because it's so important to really just one have a positive attitude positive thinking but use you know calm down go go within yourself and really focus on that future that you really want to be and sort of ingrain and rewire the neural networks that, you know, we all have in our brain. So neuroplasticity, visualization, energy, I could talk about that forever also.
1: So um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you are a fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza.
2: Dispenza is my man. I, act, I have to really, you know, I credit him in the book because the second half of the book is 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 based on on his focus and his concept. And I've devour all of his work and and can't yeah, wait right. for his sessions um and I'm really immerse myself but you know so i, I kind of connected to the hero's journey which is which is my basic method where where we start from but yeah love joe Dispenza, He's love my realization right. work i do it every day it's it's changed my life
1: yeah yeah i i i can totally relate so, and I talk a lot about that. Actually, uh, I, I've meditated every single morning of my entire life for seventeen ish years. Every morning, I will not miss it. I, I'll be late for a meeting before I miss meditation. So, you know, it, it, it's 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 just important. And I think when people learn the importance of and not and i don't mean important like you know filling your car up when it's on empty i'm talking about like important when it comes to wanting to discover who you really truly are and and it, it, anyway yeah i i i'm 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 with you man so so the you got into life coaching about a year and a half ago along the way how important do you think sales has been for you learning, learning how to sell.
2: Yeah. So I've had a, and, and I, and I know a lot of people do this, especially if if you're into the coaching or sort of the soft skill sales. And I was a, a trainer and so on. Um, I was like, oh, I can't sell, you know, I don't like to sell. Yeah. Right. And, and that negative talk alone was prohibiting me, but it yep. was just letting that, Oh, I don't like to sell. I can't sell whatever. And that was, one of the main problems I was having in, in my businesses, you know, it was really between my ears Uh, because once I got in front of people, I was fine, but it was just that whole concept. And I just let it eat me alive. And so I'd heard, well, it's not about, you know, pushing this on you. If you believe in your product, you just want to help people. And, and, and that seemed too simple to me, but as I learned and found what my passion was, that's really where where I found is, is the key is like, I just talk about my passion and my purpose and what I love to do. And, and if, if you resonate with it, you're going to hire me, you know? Right. And, and that's where I, I, that's where it changed for me was just talking about what you love, show people, you know, how passionate you are about it and tell them your story. And, you know, there, there's a lot about telling your story and, and being vulnerable as my other hero, Brene Brown w- would say. Right. Uh, and so, to me, that's where it's at now. But I know, you know, in, in your field, you've been in the background for for a long time and have probably come through all of that yeah. scenarios. Yeah, I, I think
1: that that um, I, you know, I, I I was just sitting here thinking about you said at forty, you know, your your body started to break down. Um, it, it, it's almost like a, a a cliche that you were having a midlife crisis um, okay. physically, mentally, spiritually, probably all of those things. Um, what, what are some of the things, like d- d- when you say your body started to break down, like your,
2: your limbs fell off or what, what, <laughs> what like it felt like it, uh, you know, it, it was simple. I, well, it started with a kidney stone, uh, which are no fun if you ever had yeah. those. And so, uh traumatic you know having to drag my poor little kids out of bed my wife take me to the emergency room and, and do that whole thing and wow. uh, i stayed overnight and i they gave me all these great drugs and the next morning after i passed the stones like you know should have felt all this relief and, and i still my stomach was really hurting really sick and i went home uh and i thought oh it's just the drugs well eight months my stomach hurt for eight months i could hardly eat anything I went to all the doctors, they scoped me from every angle and really couldn't find anything. It started at that time, it's like, oh, you have irritable bowel syndrome, like whatever that means. Um, And so that was sort of the first start. But as I started to heal a little bit, just healing, you know, as the body will do if you kind of get out of its way. uh, I was out in the backyard playing catch with my son and I noticed my right shoulder was starting to ache. And I thought, okay, you know, whatever. And it got to the point where I, ah, I better go see a doctor and go into the to the doctor. And they're like, oh yeah, well, here's some drugs or whatever. I'm like, well, isn't there any, I'm like, I don't want drugs. What about physical therapy or something? Oh, okay, we'll try that. Let's go to physical therapy and they do their thing. And it, it, it helped a little bit, but in a month or two, it was all back. And he, the pain in my shoulder just started to spread to the other shoulder and then down my whole back and to the point where I could barely walk. And again, all of the doctors, shots in my neck, all this different stuff. And and it just kept getting worse. And the more doctors I saw, the more stressed out I got, the worse the pain got. Um, all the guilt and the shame of now not being able to be a good dad and a husband at the time uh, just was a bad time. And then, and then all the emotional kind of I was just in a, a pile of anxiety. You know, everything, if it would rain, I would be stressed out. If the wind blew too hard, I'd be you know, losing it. Just a really dark time where my body was mentally and physically was just crumbling. And, uh, and, and the doctors weren't going to help. And so it was that time in the shower that said, look inside. And that's when I started to say, well, maybe it's this stress thing. What's that all about? And I went on kind of a quest to find out what stress was all about. And um, that's when it started to kind of go inside. And it was a long time. It was another good 10 years before I started to really kind of uncrack the code. And then it was, well, I guess it was 16 or so years then when I finally was writing the book and, and really understanding this stuff. But it was a it was a long haul to just kind of keep moving forward and digging deeper and peeling that onion back. Yeah. Internal kind of what's underneath there, what's underneath there. And the thing that I have to you know, tell people is that, you know, we want a pill, we want to fix stuff fast. And this kind of stuff just isn't that way you've got to have the patience and, and, but just take baby steps and keep going forward. Uh, Although,
1: Although, and I agree with you, but there don't, don't you agree that if, if you have the right tools, it's, it's learning how to use those tools that takes the time. Once you have the right tools, it can happen quickly.
2: Well, I've seen now that I'm kind of more adept at this stuff happens quickly. But back in the days where I really didn't know what I was doing and I was experimenting and I was resistant because, you know, we're resistant. And in The Hero's Journey, we talk a lot about refusing the call. I mean, you're going to get the call to adventure and we're going to refuse it because we're afraid. We don't want to change. We don't know what's on the other side. And, And so I kept refusing the call and going back to my, you know, what was known. Even though it wasn't good, it was better than going to the unknown, right? There's and so, a, there's
1: another buddy of mine, Joe Ingram. You should meet. He's a he's an NLP yeah. expert as well. Nice, great guy, great guy.
2: Yeah. And he says the change can be quick, and and it, it really can. Um, and that's the key is one to get the right people to help you because we all we all need some help. Yep. And and I kind of fought that and kind of was going it alone, going it alone. And I think if I'd have found some teachers and mentors earlier, uh, yeah. I would have happened a lot faster. And yeah. now I can I can manifest stuff like this, you know. I talk about you know the me- the meditation and the visualization work, um, but my muscle is is honed now. Back then it was weak.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man. So you you um, so you started the the life coaching about a year and a half ago, and that that's that's going well. When did you write your most recent book, and why don't you show that book to everybody
2: if you would? I'm going to give definitely. you full screen here. Yeah, this is uh, "Be the Hair of Your Life," and I published. So it's interesting. I actually published twice. I published with a. Um, I, I, both times I self published. The first time though was with a division of Hay House, uh, and they had some restrictions on what I could do and how I could price it and so on. And so I, I wanted to rewrite it. So I think uh so it was early 2019 when i first published and then i got the book out there and got people to read it and comment on it and got some reviewers and then i republished but i had to rebrand my original cover was blue and it had it had a whole different thing i had to completely rebrand it same name and i rebranded i had had this new cover and i love my new cover now um and so it uh it really resonates now with with you see this guy and he's he's got all this chaos going in his life but He's got his cape on and he's leaning into it and he's working and he's he's figuring out through yeah. the journey how to get unstuck and move his life forward. And that really was me. Um, and so I republished in uh, December of um, yeah of this year, 2020, and uh, I've gone out and, and getting on that sort of the, the book touring circuit and get it into bookstores. I've actually got a book signing in uh, Barnes and Noble here in Kansas City in the 18th of july so it'll be interesting to see uh how that will go with masks and the whole thing but um it's, now, uh, now, you
1: you put you 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 republished in december
2: of 2019 yeah in december of 2019 excuse me yeah and and it's like years 20 2020 is a blur come I on yeah. <laughs> it's like what year what what's going on this year i know uh, i know yes Right. And so, yeah, so it's been exciting. And, and all the long kind of working with, with coaches, and it's funny, I, I actually have started a, a men's group that we could get together and talk about some of this stuff on. and it was going to be a local group. And we had our first local group, um, what was it? This was June, February, February, I think. And then this all COVID thing hit or whatever, and we've pivoted. Uh, and I'm working with one of my mentors, uh, Adam Galad, and we call it the Bold Life Brotherhood. And basically we've pivoted online. So I'm just about to turn that back on and, and do men's groups where we talk about the hero's journey and about living our purpose and what it's like to be a bold man. Um, so I pivoted from doing coaching uh, one-on-one to really online and sort of, I have that background online. So it really worked out perfect for me because I've just pivoted all my stuff to online group coaching, online with Zoom and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and it's been great.
1: That's awesome, man. So, uh, are, uh, you know, what is it today that that, that, that gets you excited and up out of bed and ready to take
2: on the day? Yeah. So, um, so I've really been focusing on just energy and positive energy and what that means and how to do that. And, and I've learned this little mantra that as soon as I wake up, I say two things to myself, what am I going to create today? And what is juicy in my life today? And it's kind of a word that some of my energy uh, colleagues that talk about this is like we focus on what is juicy in life. And that really means like what fires you up? What gets you really excited? And we start to really purposely think about those things and lead into that each day. And part of that is what can I create today? What can I create to further my purpose and my mission, which is to help people understand that no matter what's happened in your life, if you're in this stuck state right now, that there are ways to move out, ways yeah. to to move forward, to get unstuck, to live the, really your dream life. And so, um, you know, and when I work with people, we are going to go back and look at some of this, what is this limiting belief, some of this energetic stuck energy that's that's been there probably since you were an infant to eight years old, but, you know, in your youth and just uncover it and then just say, look, that's not true anymore. You created that when you're a child to help protect you. But it's not true now as an adult. And and so, but we don't stop there because that's where this Joe Dispenza work comes in. And you're like, okay, well, now we know that that is false. Well, what's true? And then you create those powerful, positive statements and you're, you visualize your future. What do you want your beautiful life to look like? So you meditate, calm your mind down to get in the alpha state, and then you powerfully visualize your future, your wonderful, beautiful future. And all the emotions that are going to feel like that. And you can literally sit on your couch and evoke the emotions that you're feeling when you're doing and being in that new future you. And your body doesn't know the difference than if you were out there doing it. You know, we know that all the professional athletes uh, visualize, you know, Tiger Woods visualizes the perfect golf shot. Um, We know that Steph Curry visualizes the perfect three-point shot. You do this on your couch with your perfect life. And it's amazing if you do this every day and it's about consistency, like you said, yep. your life will start to change. And then don't expect, the, don't expect an outcome. Don't, don't put an outcome on it. You, you build the future, you're the designer and then the universe, your creator, God, whatever that higher power connecting of the sort of energy in the universe will then make this happen. You know, what you are thinking about is what is building in your life. And so, it's, it's being consistent and focusing on that and then being open to however that unfolds because it could be way better than what you think in your puny little mind you you want. But yeah. you set the design and then you let it go. And that's the power. And that's changed my life. I've seen it change a lot of other people's life. And it's what I now consider to be really juicy in my life and um, and how I can create and help people do that.
1: I, I love that, man. So, so with with the um when it comes to people getting stuck um or being held back in life what what do you think and i ask everybody this so what do you think the number one thing is that holds people back in life and i mean everybody says fear and and i get that um, but I mean, what there there are people that know they need to pull the trigger on something to to move their life to a higher level, or they know that they they hate their job and they they just they they want to start their own business, or they're in a business and and it's not going as well as they think it should be, or they know it should be they should be doing much better. What do you think is holding
2: most people back in life? Yeah, that's easy. I'm going to get right in the camera. I'm not good enough. That's what you're saying to yourself. And it's not true. I'm not good enough. Who am I to to do this, to coach, to be successful, to, to lead? And it's imposter syndrome and it's false because you believe in yourself. There's nobody out there like you and this sounds sort of cliche, but it's true. And if you let that, let if you get rid of that negative thought and those negative talk, and replace it with, I can do this. Of course, I can do this. And open up to the receiving. That was big for me. Was that I was locked down with like, not only can I, I didn't think I could do this, and I wasn't good enough, but it was this sort of well, I'm not sure I deserve this. That's the other thing. Of course you do. Of course I do. And just shift that. And I know it sounds. Like it's, oh, it's easy for you to say. but And it wasn't easy, but you have to be consistent. And once you click to being more consistent on thinking positive thoughts than the negative thoughts, that's when it all shifts. And it, it really is simple, but I know when you're going through it, it's not. But it's that shift of today, I'm gonna have more positive thoughts than negative ones. And when the negative ones creep back up, which they're gonna, they're gonna creep back up. Acknowledge that they're there and then get back into moving forward with the positive thoughts. Now, before I leave that topic, though, there is something to be said for not pushing away negative feelings and and sorrow and suffering and pain initially. Um, Sit with that a little bit because there's a lot to learn from that. But you don't want to wallow in it too long. But also don't push it down right away because then it's going to come back. To haunt you, bigger and greater. Before, I think we've all heard that. Um, so, be with that, whatever that's coming up, for a little bit. But don't know that that's not the end. That you don't have to sit there and live in that that area, that sorrow, that suffering area, and and switch it, even if it's baby steps. And then when you get that momentum and you start feeling strong because you've really started to call some of this stuff in your life, then just go for it. Take that momentum and just blow it out. And it's it's it is this progression. But I think that's what it is, is that I'm not good enough, and it's false. It's a false belief that you created a long, long time ago. Or that somebody
1: else created for you.
2: Well, there's always a component of that, right? Because yeah. you know, there's always you know trying to live up to this, and it's usually parents to, to some degree or a caregiver or whatever or friends or whatever, um, and you've had to protect yourself. And you did that by building walls and by closing up and by – you know, constricting. And uh, yeah, you need to just get that confidence. I mean, face the fear. I mean, part about the hero's journey is is that every hero that we see on the screens had to go through the hard times, get past that fear to become the hero where they can save the day in, in the movie. And we're all like that. That's what my whole book is about. That we're all heroes, just like the ones that we see in the movies. And we all go through these different stages in life, right. and we have to, you know, continue to move through that. And when you're in the unknown world, that sort of scary place, it's scary, it's unknown. But if you just keep pushing forward yeah. and taking baby steps, then you, you get that treasure. But the cool thing about the hero's journey is that the reward, seeking the reward, is stage nine, and there's 12 stages. You still got these three stages left. And on the way home, once you think you have the treasures, once you've figured out what's what it is in your life that is the treasure. You've got to get home and getting home. The universe is going to knock you on your ass a couple more times to make sure. Do you really get it? Do you really think you have it? And it's that getting home all the way back to the, to the end, to the end of that journey where now you can tell your story and you move into becoming a mentor because you've gone through this. Now you're going to start another journey on another area of your life, but you're now a mentor. You've now gone through it. And it's almost your responsibility now to help other people, and yeah. this is the juicy part of what a life purpose is: is that it's you've gone through your stuff and you've you've created what it is juicy for you, but now you're, there's an element of always helping others in some way, and that's what I think this true purpose is. Um, and it doesn't have to be how you make a living. It's just when you get up in the morning, how are you thinking? How I can help other people and use my gifts and, and my talents to do that? That's what I think really a life purpose is. And it really is one of the crux of the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell talks about that. It's finding your bliss. That's the key to life. Yeah. And your bliss is that thing that lights you up. And that next level is take that whatever lights you up and add a little sprinkle of how can I help other people? Yeah. And you probably found your life purpose. Love that.
1: Sounds like Joe found his life purpose.
2: Joe <laughs> so is juicy, juicy, dancing at the club.
1: Well, Joe, he, he, Joe is so funny. He's such a good guy. Um, but so when, when it comes to, um, you know, I, I had this moment, it's been many years ago. Um, probably I don't even know eight years ago, I'd say, um, I had a bunch of employees in this office and, and, one of my employees comes walking in he says, Hey boss, there's some dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. And I go, I'm on a phone call, dude, tell him to get the hell out of here. And he says, uh, well, I would, but he's got it blocked with his tow truck. (laughs) I was like, Oh no, this is not happening right now. You know? And, and so everybody was getting paid except for me and the bank. Um, and, and, and so I could not convince this dude to not take my car. And, um, and, and it was one of the most humiliating moments of my life. And, and, you know, there are people right now that are in that place that maybe their car was just repoed. Maybe the, the electric's getting shut off tomorrow. Maybe they're they're, they're at the end of their rope and they don't know what to do. They've tried everything. At that moment, I really felt like, man, I have tried everything to keep this thing going and, and it's just not working. And I just lost my car and all of this stuff. Right. And, and, and so what do you say to somebody that's at that place that I mean, dude, I I have a friend that runs the suicide hotline here in in the state of Ohio. He's the head of the the. Whoop! I lost you there, Scott.
2: Yeah, I don't know why that happens. But there we go.
1: Happened that happened earlier, um, but you know the um, and suicides are through the roof right now. I mean, wh- what do you say to somebody that's there, that's at that place where where they've given up hope. They've lost all hope and they don't know what to do. If they called you right now, what would you say to them?
2: Well, the first thing is, is yeah, to just breathe and, and to try to calm your body down. Cause when you're, when you're revved up, it's, it's hard to, to think clearly, but, and, and this is where it's delicate. Cause if they're really, if you're really on the edge, um, that the first thing is to just calm down. And I would probably do some breathing exercises and just, you know, just, 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 you know, ca- just stay with me for a minute. Just, just breathe, you know, just calm down a minute. Cause I've been there. I've been where I've having these panic attacks, right? Gosh, where does that keep happening? There we go. And uh, so just, just calm down. But the next step, depending on, on where the person was, if they, you know, could could then next take that next step is, and this is hard to hear, but it's what we all need to hear is what are you doing in your life? that's called this into your life? Or what is the meaning or the message that this is trying to teach me? And this is the point where we all have to just stop blaming the outside world and really go inside and say, what am I doing? What am I living? How am I thinking that could be causing this? You don't have to blame it on yourself now or blame it on anything. It's not about a blame. It's about reframing the thought process and it's that first little break that you have to get through it's like okay maybe it's not this person and this thing and this thing out here that's that's causing this happening maybe it's in here and if you once you break that window up you don't have to have all the answers and then you kind of sit with that and then get busy get busy doing something get your brain going get your busy get you know go exercise do something but then you have this question that you're trying to kind of what, what inside of me? what can I learn what can I do with this that starts to break it open and then once you're like okay I'm gonna look into this then you start to journal then you start to pray then you start to talk to friends or therapists or whatever helping you need needing help to kind of understand that and break that open and I really find that that's the key uh, is when you can take that breath and also then I would just suggest this as, as, as I'm sure you kind of do to everybody too is is try some form of meditation because it's that it's that calming down and pushing the outside world away a little bit that really helps us all heal and 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 be more mindful and and are able to then think a little more clearly and to receive knowledge from your creator and from the universe or from whatever higher power or whatever how you get you know spirituality connection because that's a huge part of it too is to be open to that. I like to say that when I'm open to meditation and prayer, that I have this wire that's connected to my creator, to the higher being, to spirituality, the unknown. And that when I keep that wire clear, and I do that by meditating and and thinking and praying, uh, the clearer that wire is, the more open I am to receiving the thoughts and the connections and the beliefs that then I need to help me move forward. So it's this great combination for me about the science of meditation, visualization, neuroplasticity, but the spirituality being open to letting the spirit talk to you um, and, and, and work through you. And so I'm all about the science, but spirituality plays a big part in that. Amen. How'd, how'd that work? Did that, did that work? Hi, Sandy, by the way, and my peeps on here, of my friends. I saw pop up here.
1: Oh, you're friends with Sandy too? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So, so J. Scott McMillan, hold up your book one more time so everybody mm-hmm. can see it. Go pick up a copy of Be the Hero of Your Life. I'm sure it's available on Amazon.
2: You bet. Well, all books are sold. I'm actually working on the audio book right now. So for the audio people, soon it will be out on Audible.
1: That's awesome, man that's so awesome so scott thank you i appreciate you coming on where's the best place for everyone to follow you yeah so j scott mcmillan.com
2: okay are, are you on social media you you media. if you hit hit my website you can find all my social media i've got a youtube channel love to make videos of course love to talk about the hero's journey i'd uh, love to come back sometime in a, if how much you know about the hero's journey? But we could geek out on Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. Uh, we could do that a whole hour, and then we'll do a Joe Dispenza version too.
1: <laughs> um, and it's I'm I'm putting your um, your website up on the screen here. Let me make sure I get this right. Okay, um, is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's it.
1: Boom. So go over to jscottmcmillan.com and and follow this dude man he's you're you're awesome I I, I really appreciate um, thank you appreciate you coming
2: on today it's incredible well, I am uh, thrilled to be here I watch your show I love some of your guests a lot of my friends watch your show and and it's just good uplifting energetic information and you know it's had good good information about you know business and life and, and it's all good, man. I appreciate being, being on
1: man. This, this has been great. So everybody make sure you go follow Scott, look him up on, on his website, check him out on social media, Scott. Thank you. Hang with me. I'm going to end the live stream, but stay with me and we can chat for a minute. Thank you to everybody that's been on here today. And anyone that shared this out, you rock. You're amazing. I appreciate that. Appreciate you sharing. Scott, have a great day. Thank you so much.
2: You bet. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.